Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Sweet Talk are a six-piece band from Melbourne who released an EP last year and now have a brand new single, Warm Love. Band members and brothers Tane and Soren Walker are here to talk about it. Hello, Soren, and hello, Tane. Hello. Hi, Sophie. Thanks for having us. Very happy to talk to you about your music, but I'm going to take you back to the beginning of the band and ask, when did Sweet Talk form? So either one of you can answer that or both. Well, I'll take that one. We it was sort of it it started during COVID actually. The uh, I mean the idea had been brewing for a few years um, amongst myself and Dave and Tani. We'd spoken about a band of this nature, but um, it just so happened during COVID, given all the time we sort of had on our hands, um, we just put that idea to the test. I think put the put put a few songs together, and um, in the few times we were able to get together. We're able to demo a few things, and um, yeah, that sort of was was the inception of it during COVID. Because you're in Victoria, so that was quite a logistical challenge <laughs> trying to get together and record anything. Very much so. Yeah, yeah, it was very challenging, but with a uh, great challenge comes great reward. So uh, yeah, we really knuckled down and somehow made it work. So yeah. So Tana, I'll therefore ask you, where did the name Sweet Talk come from? Well, this, I'm probably the wrong person to ask, actually, because oh. as we'll get into the story, no doubt, I, I was probably one of the last to join the band, so I, I'd have to throw that back to Soren. Um, okay, Soren, pick it up I from also there. think it's the best name ever, but I'd like to know. So where did it come from? Yeah, Tans, let me tell you. No, yeah, I'm going to re- remember. <laughs> um, it's just a, I guess it, we had a, an, an earlier iteration of the band with a few different people involved and... um. Back in that first version, I guess just I'm not even sure where the name or who the name came from, but it just became the name of the band. I'm sure it might have been. I actually couldn't tell you who thought of it, but um, Tyler, Tyler, uh, uh, we've got a mutual mate, Tyler. He he didn't bring it up or anything. No, I think he might have. Tyler, Tyler Malott, I think his last name is from the Terrifying Lows, a great band. Um, he used to be in the first iteration of Sweet Talk, so he. He may have come up with the name and he let us continue with it in uh, version 2.0. So have there only been the two versions of Sweet Talk or have you have you changed the arrangement of the members a few times since it started? Sort of once. Uh, we just, there was, you know, as happens with a, when a band's forming, you sort of try a few different iterations of what works and what doesn't. Um, yeah, it was a bit fluid there for a while at the start. and But once we got these, you know, these six guys together, we knew that this was it and we just went from there. So, think, sorry, go on, Tony. So I think with the nature of COVID too, it was, um, it was, from what I could deduce from it all, I think with the nature of COVID, it was quite hard to tell if everyone had enough time and when we were allowed, when, when the boys were allowed to get out and actually jam, it was sort of became apparent that some other, some of the people had, uh, uh, were more invested into some side projects and stuff like that. So I think that's, that's yeah, I ended up sort of popping into the scene as well. So. so I imagine you you could pop in, as you said, because yeah, you and Soren are brothers, but also you must have had some kind of musical relationship before that as well. Did you grow up playing music together? 
We did, we did. Um, from as early as I can remember, we both both were playing guitar very young, and Dad uh, sort of got us a couple of acoustics. Sorin was a big Beatles fan, so he got his first acoustic based on uh, a old John Lennon acoustic guitar, and um, yeah. from there we just started playing avidly, playing, and then I don't know, we got to sort of early teens, I'd say, and some songs started getting written and. Uh, it's it's an interesting background. We sort of we sort of entered the slightly more reggae market, I guess, and we did that for a couple of years, and um, and then I travelled and Soren travelled, and we moved to different states and whatnot. And the the rest of history, I sort of followed him essentially wherever I go. We were in that band together, and as soon as we moved down to Melbourne, the next obvious step for me was to follow him down here, and we had another go at that band, and it just our passion we'd lost our passion for that style of music i think so i personally stepped off and went and did some other stuff and siren down the train of what he wanted to do and what he wanted to listen to and him and dave turner sort of got together and kept this kept this vision going and it sort of came together in, in COVID. so yeah we've always always played in band together it would feel very yeah. weird if we weren't playing in this band together i mean at the very start, when I was watching sort of the stuff happen around COVID, you know, I was super supportive and I loved, I, I think I showed more people that stuff than I ever did my own stuff. Um, I just loved the music so much. And so, yeah, to watch on from afar was quite an interesting experience to feel like maybe I was getting left behind or whatever, but uh, the right time came along and I got the call up. So Bloody it was always going to happen, you know, like, yeah, so <laughs> yeah. That, that earlier iteration just wasn't right until Tanza basically was the last piece in the puzzle, you know, and yeah. it really I was, was like that once that happened. I was it did, it, that's what happened, so yeah. yeah. I remember you called me the first time you called me and asked me, I was with Danny Stone and I nearly dropped the phone, like hung up and was like, I'm finally in, I'm in it, I'm in it. Yeah. So, Which okay. is weird for brothers, right? But, I know, know, I know, I know. But I, yeah, yeah. I did have a feeling. Like, I had a feeling yeah. at some point when I heard there was, you know, some commitments had changed with, with Jim and whatnot. I was like, I hope they're thinking about me. And that phone call, it was uh, it was weird because you like it was like an official phone call. We never do that. You should be like, yeah, are you going to do this? I'm like, hell yeah. But uh, this one was yeah. like, hey, I want to officially ask you, would you like to come and start jamming and see how you go and da-da-da? And I was of course, of course, because at that point, yeah. probably their biggest fan. I think yeah. it's lovely because it implies that you still want your brother's approval. You're like, you don't take it for granted. Oh, 100%, 100%. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the younger brother. I mean, I'll look up to Soren for the rest of my life, you know, follow him wherever he goes, do whatever he says, basically. <laughs> not really, but I do, essentially. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's not good here, Tom. Yeah, well, there's, there's some truth for you, mate. There's yeah, right there, right there. But um, that's it, yeah. It's the it's about the nicest thing I could ever experience is being in this band with my brother and Dave Turner. Uh, we all grew up going to Trinity up on the Gold Coast. We all grew up in Queensland together. Dave and Siren were best mates in high school, and I was the I was three years younger. I was best mate. I was really good friends with Dave's younger brother. We're in the same year, and um. Yeah, it was just, it was this weird thing because we'd always sort of danced around, like, for example, me and Dave had danced around each other on the Gold Coast. We had everything to do with each other, but nothing to do with each other's band, which, right. was, which was quite interesting. And I guess because Dave was 
uh, already down this sort of this path of music and I was in the reggae stuff and whatnot and we just never had a chance to come together. So all these years later, and we always always used to talk about it, like one day, you know, we'll get a band or I'd just love to play music with it, just whatever for fun. And um, all these years later to actually be in a band with Dave and Soren and, and, and some other friends is just a weird, weird full circle moment that I'm just, it just feels so right. It feels like, I mean, I hate this sort of stuff, but I feel like the universe is throwing me a bone here or throwing us a bone here and saying, here's your opportunity, go and, go and have it, boys. So, yeah, it's been really fun, really interesting. Um, yeah, really exciting. The whole thing's been really fun. So. And Soren, for you, um, I mean, obviously you know what a great singer your brother is, but is there is there any kind of, what well, was there any hesitation in inviting him to join because you thought, oh, so my brother, maybe number one, that's not, not going to look so good and it's going to look like favouritism. And number two, <laughs> maybe I'm not objective about what sort of singer he is. No, I can say no. There was no, it was always going to be, it was always going to end up with this, with Tani singing. It was just how we ended up there really. And, you know, at the time, because actually as part of the story, the, the previous singer was Dave's younger brother. Right. Which is, one of my so that friends. was a weird transition with who Tani just spoke of, who he's <laughs> friends with. So that in itself was an interesting transition. But it's sort of the way that the band needed to go, there was only one one person, one voice. And, it, uh, you know, and then even if Tani wasn't my brother, I would chase them down because it's just the right voice for this band. Right yep. answer. You knew <laughs> <it>. <laughs> <laughs> But also, you know, he's obviously a man of great musical taste. So, Tony, therefore, I will ask you, as the as the singer and the, the lead singer in the band, when did you start singing, and in order to develop this musical personality that you have as a singer? That is a fantastic question. I, oh, it's so funny. Like, I only really considered myself a singer, maybe, and like I would say in conversation, "What do you do in music?" I would start maybe saying I was a singer four or five years ago or something. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, because I was a guitar player. I grew up playing guitar, you know, both men and Soren sort of, you know, did the whole, the, the natural thing, go through the blues and then you evolve into rock and roll and whatever, and I went this way and Soren went the other way and whatever. And so I'd always sort of thought of myself as a guitarist and I thought it was a bit, it was a bit much to sort of claim that I was a singer and I wasn't, I don't know, I you know, you know when you know you're like, okay, I'm okay at singing, but I may not be. And like, I could be that dude that goes on X Factor, and their friends say you're bloody great, and they go on and they get ripped apart. And I never wanted to be that person. So, um, I I don't know. I think around 15, 16, we men saw him. We're around. I was always around the swimming pool at a, at an old house of ours, and we're like playing some reggae songs. And I always had this thing where the only way I could uh, show an idea, like a vocal idea or something, was and I used to like apologize for it before I'd start. It's like this is gonna be really loud. Like for me to show you, I can't like softly sing. So I'm gonna just like just cover your ears. I'm gonna have to really like yell sing almost. Uh yeah. Yeah, and I I actually just, Yeah, you go. Times I remember like Sophie the first time and that was, that was actually, the first time you heard me sing. A long time ago. It was in about oh must have been I mean, I know you just said you can consider yourself a singer but when you probably got pushed into it by maybe <laughs> me was when I, I went to university to do to study sound engineering and that sort of thing yeah and actually also with Dave the other guitarist who we went to the, the same course and we needed stuff to record 
So, you know, we were we were writing a few songs at the time and we needed a voice. So, and, I, and I heard Tiny singing, you know, in the other room at home, you know. So um, we eventually just convinced him, just, we need you on this track, come on. And just like he said, we had to lock him in there and leave the room. Yeah. So he could do his thing while we recorded it. And then yeah, we yeah. came in, really acting non-fast and stuff and knowing it was gold. Right. So yeah, that's a that's my first memory of, that's right. of pushing Tani into that that direction. I remember feeling like it was almost a setup. Like we got into the Griffith Uni Studios in those days, and uh, you were like, "So this is how you delete the track you don't like, the vocal tape you don't like. This is how you get back to the start, and this is how you press record." And I was like, "Oh yeah, cool." Yeah. And then everyone left. Which I think at the time I was probably asking you. You know, I was like, "I can't do this." Yeah, was watching me. I think I was yeah. 16, 17 at the time. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, came back in. You guys came back in eventually. I was like, I think I've got to take a light. Like, have a listen and tell me. And, and yeah, I, that that was that was definitely the beginning, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, that's funny. So, I forgot that story. So, so, Soren, it seems like you know, you've had a big influence on Tane's musical life by pushing him into singing. Would you say that the reverse is true and that he's – because I'm getting the sense that the two of you feel like you're better artists for having each other. So is there a, a way in which he's pushed you as a musician as well? 100%. I mean, down to the guitar alone, if I was to say who's my favourite guitarist, it's actually Tane. Ah, sure. No, I mean that. You know, I love Dave, you know, but honestly – Tani does stuff that I can't really do in a rhythmic way. Um, it's hard to describe, but so growing up playing guitar together, the reason why I'm probably a decent guitarist is because we both were playing, you know. If you're learning something, I'm going to learn something better, and then you have to teach each other, and you just keep pushing and pushing. And uh, So definitely in that way. And, um, yeah, I just think we just respect each other as musicians and our taste in music, so... We want to impress I, each other. Yeah. Yeah. I also don't think there's ever been any question about, I don't know about you, Saz, but I just, it's never been a question. Like the obvious thing is like, well, okay, cool. You want me to do this? Well, my brother's over there. We'll, we'll do it together or something. It's just yeah. never been a question. It, I've never considered the idea of what life would look like doing music without you. I don't know. Yeah, we come as a I fun. mean, you've had, you've had a couple <laughs> of little projects along the way. I've only ever done stuff with you. Right. Um, yeah, for me, it's never been a question. It's just like, it's not fun unless we're doing it. Like, I, would, I wouldn't trust the guitarist in any band. I wouldn't trust someone's, like, uh, creative lead if it wasn't coming from your mouth. I just, well, let's check, let's run that by Soren, I guess. But All right. I just, would, I just, it's never been enough. That's on record. We've got that on record, Sophie. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> It'll be on the internet soon enough. Yeah. <laughs> Have your listening tastes always coincided? Like, have you always liked to listen to the same sorts of things or has one led the other in certain directions? Um, do, you, I'll, do you want me to answer that? You go, yeah, yeah. You um, go. I would say up until you know, up, in, up until the early teens, I was just whatever Soren was playing, I was learning. It was, it was, I still to this day swear he's the actual biggest Beatles fan that's ever existed. And I know there's some hardcore fans. Let's say that's a massive call. I know. Soren was different. Soren hit different. He was that way in year seven in primary school. So by the time we got to like year 10 in high school, the guy was a fanatic. And so essentially I was too, but 
Soren would always be leading the way, discovering the new stuff, and I'd be getting into it and loving it too. And then it sort of got to about 13, 14, 15. And, um, yeah, I just uh, I had some cousins that came over to sort of stay in our house long term. We'd, we'd always have some cousins and family members that would use, because some in New Zealand, they would use our house as a sort of, you know, first point of call. So we'd always have these these people that these cousins that would live with us for a year or two and whatnot, and they would bring over the sort of influence from New Zealand music. And at the time, it was the, you know, the Catcher Fires and Cornerstone Roads, the Herbs and um, Fat Freddy's style stuff, and uh, that just took me. I, I was away with it, and and so was Soren. But I think Soren was still. I mean, Soren was always this into that old seventies stuff, seventies sound. Soren's music knowledge is incredible. His breadth of taste is disgustingly developed but uh uh so i went in this this direction of of reggae and r&b and soul and stuff and and soren came with me with that with that incarnation of the band we were in then but um he'd always it, it was always sort of still listening and and i think i don't know i think you're you'll you yeah. never really loved that i mean you always loved the rock and roll 70s southern boogie stuff and i think yeah, I think for a But time. definitely with a healthy, healthy appreciation of reggae. Like, yeah, we, we, had a, yeah. we had a great as is, reggae. Your, yeah. as is your appreciation for most music. And you, yeah, so uh, I think I, for, for a couple of years there, I went and went, I was listening to some different stuff and so I was sort of listening to some different stuff. But mm. as is the nature of this life, we did come together and meet in the middle somewhere. It was always going to happen. Well, and um, hearing about Soren's affection for, if not extreme knowledge of the Beatles, actually gives me a clue about the sound on your EP. So the EP was um, "I'd Rather Be Listening to Sweet Talk," which is a great play on words. And there are some, um, there are lots of layered vocals on there, and that, of course, is a Beatles hallmark. Um, and even though the Beatles harmonies are quite distinct, uh, and the sound, your sound is is different, it's that really rich sense of, of vocals on it so Soren was that an influence for the sound on that EP I wouldn't say directly but uh, the Beatles but having been such a fundamental thing like a fundamental part of my musical upbringing definitely it would have influenced in some way but uh, I'd say probably more the Laurel Canyon style Eagles that lush vocal is something that we try to achieve and, and weave into our sound a bit um but yeah, you know, like without the Beatles, the, there would be no Eagles, and you know, so in, uh, indirectly. So and I'd even say on what Tanza was saying before, with the with with the reggae influence, there's even that style of Tani's vocal delivery has woven its way into our sound, which makes us, I'd say, in some way, a little bit unique. Mm-hmm. So it is an, a rich melting pot of of all the places we've come from. I think. Yeah. So Tani, to get those vocals though. Were you made to record multiple vocal tracks? Did Soren play no, <laughs> you up in the studio? Wonder. Sorry, what was that? I wonder. No, <laughs> um, no, I mean it's it's very much a mutual thing at that, at this point. But um, as Soren's the creative, essential creative director, the producer of the him and Dave are the producer of the album, and they write most of the songs and all the songs. Um, so yeah, obviously I'm there to listen, but I'm also given enough space and leeway to just do what I do. I mean, that's why I guess I got asked to do it in the first place. It was, um, you know, create a space for me to do what I do on this style of music. And uh, in terms of takes, yeah, I mean, there was a couple that would have been two or three per song, but it usually usually happens happens in the first one or two, I guess. But yeah, 
Yeah, it's like, yeah, especially going, trying to do it as live as possible. I mean, for this single, for Warm Love, this was, uh, unlike I'd rather be listening to Sweet Talk, that EP, for this single, it was, 90% of it was live and I think I overdubbed the choruses or something because there's a tail that bleeds into the chorus, so I couldn't obviously do both. So, yeah. But I'm um, not. Nah, I mean, it, it, Siren has the final say. I mean, if I'm happy, it, it'll usually get over the line. But if I'm happy, it usually means because Siren's happy anyway. And, but if I'm happy and Siren's not, then I'll I'll be I'll be pushed to do something different. And I'm happy to <laughs> I'm happy to do that. You know, but it rarely happens that way. So sort of yeah. I'm left to my own devices, and yeah, Siren will give me a couple of notes, and away I go, and it happens. Yeah. It sounds like you have a, a very um, pleasant working relationship, I have to say. Um, possibly the envy of other siblings who were in bands together. Who knows? <laughs> no, we're not without our little tips. We're, the thing with that with us is it's interesting is uh, often the band doesn't know that we're like having a disagreement because we do it <laughs> in body language. Yeah. We and we say things in a certain way that no one else in the world will ever very understand. True. But it's like, it's almost like a, a sibling's version of a love language that only me and him can understand. So we can be having a full, full blown fight and no one will know. And no words are actually said, but uh, we're fighting and it's like no one or something, but no one else yeah. will know. energy. Yeah. Um, I think anyone who's I'm very close to my brother, I would say we're the same. Obviously, it's our yeah. own way of doing it, but we could have a whole entire conversation without a word being exchanged and we could do yeah. it with other people present. Yeah. And yeah. it's just, and, 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 yeah, it's a weird thing, but it's a real thing. <laughs> I, it's yeah. nice to know that. Is it? <clears throat> some point Not just like, us. Yeah. Is it just us? I mean, God. Yeah. It's nice to know. I'm sure all siblings have, have that. You know? Yeah. And yeah, but if you sit in front of your friends, you want to keep the vibe right, you just have a fight in silence with body language. And hopefully you can also resolve the fight through body language so that you know. <laughs> it never gets it never gets like verbally resolved until someone throws a bone at the end, you know, towards the end of the night. It's like, hey dude, do you want a beer? I'll get you a beer. And that yeah, means right. bite over. You know, that means yeah. it's like we're we're throwing an olive branch out and the white flags are waved, essentially. Someone will do something nice for each other. And like, okay, yeah, cool. We're forever. <laughs> so the subject of this single has been introduced by you, Tanez. So, Soren, I'll ask you, what is Warm Love about? The song is about a person who is uh, probably gets, he's a little bit naughty, let's say. Um, he, he does like uh, to stay hydrated of an evening <laughs> and stay out late. Uh, so I guess the song is about him sort of falling over himself, um, making the same mistakes again and again, but uh, ultimately just keeping trying to stay, stay in the good books, however he, however he can. Um, yeah, but he, I guess he ends up on the guillotine a lot. <laughs> so when you write, are you writing to record or do you just tend to keep writing and then see what emerges and then pick a song from your collection of songs to record? Yeah, it's more the latter. Like we, we sort of we've got a, a few songs um, that are around, I guess. Um, and what we work into, as far as what, how we choose the ones we record, we always road test them live. So um, we'll cycle a few through the set and see if one's working and one's not. Um, Warm love was one that sort of hit instantly. 
uh, didn't take very long for us to realise that that was going to probably be the first single. Um, so, yeah, once we realised that, um, the punters loved it, we loved it, so we just thought we'd go for that as the first first cab off, first proper studio recording um, we've done. So, yeah. And it is a slightly different sound to what's on the EP. It's more of a rock-driven sound. So I actually was thinking you probably rotested it live and audiences had responded well just because because for you to shift your sound a bit, I imagine you wanted to know that there was, yeah, the audience was receptive to it. Exactly, yes. So, um, yeah, and you're right. It is definitely leaning that way. But we've, as I said, we've got a bunch of songs and we've been working on a lot of songs Um in the same time frame that we're working on Warm Love that probably aren't as rocky, but for this first one, we just wanted to come out with a bang and, uh, yeah, get a get one that's been really uh, a live favourite going for the for the people. Yeah. Well, given that, um, Tana, as you said, the the track was, was recorded pretty much all live, the sound is very tight, so I'd love to know, how often do you rehearse? Are you asking me? Yes. <laughs> Every Tuesday night without fail. <laughs> Every Tuesday night. You want to know the night? It's Tuesday night. It's about 6.30. We go to roughly 10.30. We hit the set two or three times and every single jam we pull, There's every single song at every single jam can be improved upon. So we we work our asses off. We really do. We we go hard. We're pretty critical of ourselves and we we sort of, we call it the one percenters and it's just those little extra things that, that, make us enjoy our own music a little bit more and make us enjoy playing yeah. it a little bit more. So, yeah, we practice. We practice. We put some effort into it. No matter what, we go hard. Yeah. Well, and it always it always pays off, I think, especially with a six-piece band. You know, if you didn't practice regularly, there's a chance that, you know, some one member might not be practising at home enough and then that affects the entire sound. So to get you all in the one place, I'm saying this because I know people who are in a six-piece band who rehearse every week and they are as tight as you sound on the recording. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's only one way to, to know if you're practising and that's to have them in the same room and be watching them practice. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'd say I practice, but... You <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to rely on the honor system for that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Now you have a Victorian yeah. tour coming up. Um, you have also played festivals in the past, I, and you have a festival in WA towards the end of the year. So I would think that yeah, the live sound um, suits festivals. But do you also enjoy those smaller shows? And sorry, and I'll toss that question to you. Definitely, you know, we'll play anywhere. Ultimately, um, we've done a few shows that we've, you know, had to pair it back that we've really enjoyed. Um, sometimes when we get, uh, we're lucky enough to get a radio spot and we have to drop it back to an acoustic set. We've really enjoyed that. And um, I think there's, there might be recordings, bootlegs of that out there somewhere. But um, yeah, so I think this, the songs themselves hold up in, in both settings, uh, which is a testament to the songs, I think. But yeah, no, we enjoy both. We'll, and like I said, we'll play it anyway. Yeah. So if it's acoustic, is it just the two of you? If you're on a radio show, for example? No, we go all, all in. in. We go all in, yeah. yeah it's Lauren right. and Dave on guitars, but every member's there hitting the desk, playing a tambo. It's, you know, doing the BVs and the vocals and the gang vocals. Yeah. And stuff. I mean, it, it doesn't, it can't exist with just us three. No way. It's just, it, every single bloody member is as important. And, um, yeah. And yeah, we, we, studios hate us. Radio stations hate us. We're like, we need six, <laughs> we need six chairs. And, 
Whatever. Yeah. Like, Fixed microphone. Yeah. yeah, this is meant to be an acoustic set. I'm like, but this is an acoustic set. <laughs> it's a bit in, the, in, the, in the band. So, um, yeah, I dare say we won't get too many invites back to studio. <laughs> So as I said, a little, uh, not a little Victorian tour, actually a six-date tour and Victoria is your home state. Uh, so are you planning to go further afield? Soren, maybe that's a question for you. Yeah, um, we've been, that's our plan definitely is to get into as many territories as we can. Um, the U.S. The US is obviously one that we'd love to hit up and try and test our metal there. Um, there's talk of perhaps next year sometime, but we'll just sort of see how we go, see how the songs are received by by people. Um, but yeah, we're you know Europe, uh, Asia. We'd love to hit all these places eventually. So um, we're ready to roll. We feel so. Yeah, bring it Not on. Anyone so. over in, over in Europe that wants us, or anyone in Asia, or anyone in Nashville, let us know. Put our yeah, even yeah, other states of Australia. Us. I'm thinking. Okay, yeah, no, <laughs> definitely. It's our, as you say, it's our first sort of run of shows, especially regionally. But um, the the idea is to definitely get as as to many to as many places across Australia mm-hmm. as possible, and do that before we go anywhere else. That's for sure. That's it. Well, uh, people can see those dates on your website uh, and they are in late or later October, I think, and then you're in WA in November. Any festival bookings for next year already or perhaps you can't mention them yet? (laughs) No, our lips are are very sealed at this point, Sophie, but uh, we'll be sure to... Are we not allowed to say anything? No, our lips are sealed. Really? All right, well, we'll leave it ambiguous. Sorry, Sophie. yeah, yeah. That's like well, look, it's it's something for people to look out for on social media. There you go. Just let me say that this. We're not playing Coachella. (laughs) 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 And hopefully some um some more recorded music in the not too distant future. Yes. Yes, we've got plenty more to come in that space, that's for sure. (laughs) Well, it's been an absolute delight to speak to the two of you. Um I hope to speak to you again maybe when the other music is out. I'll leave it there for the moment just because, you know. Had you chatting for a while, you may wish to do other things with your night time. Soren, Tana, <laughs> it's been great to talk to you both. You too, Sophie. Thanks for having us on Sunburnt Country Music, Sophie. We'll see you next time. It was amazing. Thank you, Sophie. Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.